0: The incomparable Christ almost 2000 years ago there was a man born contrary to the laws of life this man lived in poverty and was reared in obscurity he did not travel extensively and only once did he cross the boundary of the country in which he lived that was during his childhood exile he possessed neither wealth nor influence His relatives were inconspicuous, and he had neither training nor formal education. In infancy, he startled a king. In childhood, he puzzled doctors. In manhood, he ruled the course of nature, walked upon the billows as if pavement, and hushed the sea to sleep. He healed the multitudes without medicine and made no charge for his service. He never wrote a book, and yet all the libraries of the country could not hold the books that have been written about him. He never wrote a song, and yet he has furnished the theme for more than all the songwriters combined. He never founded a college, but all the schools put together cannot boast of having as many students. He never practiced medicine, and yet he has healed more broken hearts than all the doctors far and near. Every seventh day the wheels of commerce cease their turning and multitudes win their ways to worshiping assemblies to pay homage and respect to him. The names of the past proud statesmen of Greece and Rome have come and gone. The names of past scientists, philosophers, and theologians have come and gone. But the name of this man abounds more and more. Though time has spread 2,000 years between the people of this generation and the scene of his crucifixion, yet he still lives. Herod could not destroy him, and the grave could not hold him. He stands in heavenly glory Proclaimed of God as a living personal Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Now, in this joyous season, we pause to remember the wonder of Jesus. And I don't know about you, but every time I hear a song sung about Jesus, when uh, in the, the manner that it was saying a little bit earlier, when I hear the name repeated over and over, there is something that begins to well up inside of me. There is something that begins to open in my heart, because there is none other name. There is nothing else, no one else, not a name. God like Him, because He is the one and only, the true living God of all glory and of all creation. Should we not love Him? Should we not worship Him? Should we not lift Him up on high? Should we not shout His name so that all the world can hear it? Should we not say to the world, there is no other hope outside of Him? There's none other like Him. He is the true, lovely, wonderful God of all glory, and His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Praise God. Thee Marry thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done. Sir Henry Cole grew weary sending many handwritten greetings at Christmas. But he wanted to make his friends aware of the need to help the suffering on this holiday. Cole commissioned John Calcott Horsley to paint a card showing the feeding and the clothing of the poor. From this simple beginning a tradition was born that is not stopped. It's called Christmas cards. Yet Christmas has changed in jolly old England, just like it has in jolly old America. And so is the Christmas card industry. A recent London Daily Mall, Mail rather, survey discovered that only 1% of the Christmas cards sold on High Street related to the nativity or the Christmas story. And of that 1%, many of them contain absurd humor about the wise men, shepherds, and so forth. Religious leaders in England are lashing out at the card companies saying that they are participating in the systematic erosion of the Christian Christian message of Christmas. What is the Christian message of Christmas? And it all begins and it ends with one thing, and that is a name. The Christmas story bids us to reckon with four names of Bethlehem's child. Within these four names lies the Christian message of Christmas. And I want to take you to those four names. We're going to read Luke 1:35, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. So we're going to start by calling him the Son of God. Now, the Christmas story begins with a young Jewish girl named Mary who was engaged to be married. The Holy Ghost, overshadowed, cast a brilliant light upon this young lady. Mary was touched with the supernatural power of God. And in the Gospels, the same word, overshadowed, very interesting. Is used three times to describe the glory about the Lord Jesus Christ. At these three times in his life baptism, suffering, and sacrifice a voice was heard from heaven identifying him. God's glory always shines the brightest at the turning point of our lives. I want to say that again. God's glory always shines the brightest at the turning point of our lives. You may think everything's falling apart. You're about to make a circle. You're about to make a turn. You're about to turn to the left or the right, whatever it may be. But if you're a little bit afraid, don't worry about it, because God's glory is going to begin to shine down on you, overshadow you, and that which you're fearful of, God's going to show you something bright and wonderful in your life. Don't be afraid. Don't fear. Fear thou not. Come on. He is going to be with you. He's going to shine about you. Praise God. Praise God. This was a turning point for Mary. The child within her was called the Son of God, and it simply means from above. In John 1, 1, 14 and 18, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and of truth. No man, verse 18, has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He hath declared Him. Jesus often identified Himself as the Son of God. Meaning that He was born of woman and is truly flesh and blood. But He is also called the Son of God meaning that He was the incarnate one born of God. He was the incarnate one born of God. He was the son of man, meaning He was born of woman. But He's also the Son of God, meaning that He was the incarnate God. Are you hearing me tonight? He was the son of man, but He was also the Son of God. The invisible God became visible through Jesus Christ. The Son of God is the image of the invisible God. Hebrews 1, 1 through 3, God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in the time past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these days spoken unto us by His Son whom He hath appointed heir of all things by whom also He made the world's who being the brightness of His glory in the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power when He had by Himself purged our sins sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. We do well to remember that there is only one person of God. And I I I will take that gently or lightly, however you want to say it, because... The term persona means, uh, come, or the term person comes from persona, means, uh, is a Latin meaning, the mask of an actor. And the only way that you can put the term person is on Jesus Christ because of personality. The Holy Ghost, the incarnation of God, is a person. The Holy Ghost, the Father, all spirit. It was the Spirit of God. So the only time you can use person is in one case, and that is in the incarnation of God, Jesus Christ. And so we do well to remember. There's only one person of God, not two or three. There's only one God, not many. Are you hearing me? One true God. One true God. Jesus Christ is the image of that one true and living God, and all of the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily within Him. That is the case, my friend. That is Bible. That is already settled in heaven, and we don't have to believe anything else. Anything else less than that is something that comes from Catholicism, and it's been perverted. Are you hearing me? It's perverted. But this well, this wonderful truth, the knowledge of the one true God in the face of Jesus Christ is the greatest revelation that has ever happened to mankind because everything exists in the knowledge of that one true God. Praise God. In a practical sense, when we call Him the Son of God, we are saying that God knows what we're going through. I, 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 I don't... Everybody doesn't get excited about the same thing, but I get excited about that because I know my nature. I know my nature. You know, don't tell me, don't tell me about how great or good you are till you know, till you, you, you can prove it to me. You know, you better prove it to me. You better have the goods. You better know what you're talking about. And for God to set up on His mighty Zeus throne. And throw down lightning bolts every time that he gets mad at me. I can't handle that. I'm liable to turn and throw him back. He's saying, you're making yourself, God. I'm talking about Zeus. I'm not talking about God. But my God knows exactly what I have to endure here on earth. My God... How I mean, you hear me now? He, he knows the suffering that I've gone through. He knows the struggle, and He cares for me. That's what my God did. He's not some kind of Father sitting on some kind of nebulous throne up in the heavens. Are you hearing me? He is the God that came down, incarnate the Son of God. He's endured what I've endured. He knows what I've gone through. He has felt the things that I have felt. He's endured the things that I've endured. He loves me so much he came to the earth to know what I have to go through. I'll give him a hand clap of that or go. You know, he's called another name that clarifies the first. Jesus is not God like. He's not a junior member of the deity. He is the total. Total. Let me hear it. He is the totality of deity. Send though he may be called, he is God with us. Matthew one twenty three. The elder virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So we're going to call him. Let's call him Emmanuel, God with us. Isaiah prophesied of a time to come when men would cry Emmanuel, God with us, Isaiah seven fourteen. The angel told Joseph, in effect, that day is today. All that Isaiah prophesied, the angel was telling, he was telling Mary, telling Joseph, that day is today. Everything has pointed to this day. Can you imagine the feeling that Mary and Joseph had to have had to realize that everything the prophets were looking for, everything that was prophesied was taking place in a stable. Can you imagine the feeling that you would have knowing an angel of the Lord just stood beside you and told you everything Isaiah said thousand years prior to this, everything that he said? 600 years, I'm sorry. 600 years prior to that, everything he said is taking place now. Now. Right now. You're a part of it. I can't help but wonder, you know, here we sit. Worrying about Friday. Worrying about the family we've got to endure. The mother-in-laws you got to put up with. Father-in-laws will always look down her nose at you. You know, here we sit. When any second we could be a part of something that has been prophesied for Thousands of years, we can be participators in that. This church, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, this church could be changed before Friday ever came here. This church could be changed before midnight ever told. We could be changed. We could be. In, do you know that in and the, the, the speed of light, we could be standing in heaven. We can be participators of one of the greatest events ever told. Now hear me. The thing that this purchased, what I'm preaching tonight, the one that purchased this, we can be participators in it. Emmanuel. The Old Testament, he was God above us. In the Gospels, he was God with us. But from Acts to the present, he's God within us. And that's what's going to change us in that moment, in that twinkling of an eye. Isaiah said that the child born would have a glorious name, wonderful, a marvelous thing, a wonder, counselor, an advisor, a deliberator, a helper in our adversity, mighty God, a powerful warrior, champion, valiant, everlasting father without end, the eternal one, prince of peace, mediator, governor, ambassador of peace. I, I, I Let me give you one more, okay? You ready for this? I don't want you to let this word. This is a Robertson word. But it's a truth. It's, it's it's not just my word, but I love this word. This is the one I, and it's a true word. Are you ready now? It, it, don't let's scare you. It's a good word. Incarnation literally means in fleshment. That's true. In fleshment. This word refers to a person who is the material manifestation of an entity whose original nature is immaterial. Put simply, what had been unseen can now be seen. What now? Oh, <laughs> come on. It can now be seen. That's what he's saying. Our God loved us so much, he enfleshed himself so that he could be seen, he could die on the cross, and could be raised from the dead. That's my God. Oh, let's give him another good hand clap of adoration.
1: Praise and
0: shout unto him. Many world religions employ some kind of incarnation. I mentioned this the other day. Hinduism has many avatars that are coming of Vishnu or the comings of Vishnu to man. Buddhism has its reappearances of the Lama or the inspired teacher. But Christianity is unique in its view of incarnation. Once uh, once and for all, the only God became flesh. It's not a matter of another one coming down or another one coming, another incarnation, another incarnation, another avatar, another avatar. Our God only needed to do it one time. And because He did it right. Aren't you glad? He did it right. He came down and He died on that wonderful cross. Come on. And He came out of that tomb. He did it right. We don't need Him to keep coming back. He came back to live in our hearts. He came back to make a difference in each and every one of us. He came back to give us hope. He came back to give us resurrection power. That is all through the Holy Ghost. Oh, friend, it's wonderful when you begin to understand the power and the might of the God that we serve. Oh, Christians have usually described the incarnation in one of five ways. As an act of intimacy, Jesus loves us, came to suffer with us, and to bring us to himself. As a contagion, like leaven hidden in three lumps of meal, Jesus came to introduce a new glory into a life that had gone bad. If your life has gone bad, our Jesus tonight can introduce a new life. Into you. That's through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. He can give you something that's contagious. Don't you like that? All worry about that hiney flu being contagious. I like catching a good dose of the Holy Ghost from somebody right next to me. Somebody's really worshiping and loving God. You know, you got the Holy Ghost all over. That's the reason not like him coming up here, but he's backslid on me. He's sits back there now. He's on. you know? I like it up here because every so often I I need a little I need a little boost you know and I know that he's red hot and he's ready so I to reach down and touch him on his bald head now go ah oh.
1: <laughs>
0: woo that's what the Holy Ghost can do for you look turn red I finally got him hallelujah as red as his girlfriend's hair oh <laughs> they'll hit me they'll hit me they'll hit me later. <laughs> They also see him as a supreme gift God loved and God gave Also as a heavenly invasion Lucifer first invaded the earth Jesus came to redeem us Where sin abounds, grace abounds more As a renewal of his image What had been lost through sin was restored in Jesus Christ We can be like him again as you can see, the subject of the incarnation is vast. Paul described it as a mystery. First Timothy three sixteen, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preaching unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. The word mystery in the New Testament does not refer to a darkly held secret, but to something that was once hidden, that was later revealed. Great great is the mystery it's been revealed but it was a great thing not a great mystery a great thing oh you're not getting me william mcdonald says in his book uh answers to your questions that was the name of the book he says it's the mystery is great not because it is very mysterious but because it's so astounding It is wonderful to think that the great God who fills heaven and earth should compress himself into a human body. And as men looked at him, they could say accurately, in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. From the palace of heaven to a cattle shed, a stable, a manger, the omnipotent one became a helpless baby. It is no exaggeration to say that he whom Mary held in her arms held Mary, for he is the sustainer as well as the maker. The omniscient one is the fountain of all wisdom and knowledge. And yet we read of him that as a child he increased in wisdom and knowledge. These are the truths of the incarnation. It perhaps is the greatest paradox of our faith, but it's proclaimed as absolutely true in the Word of God. Fully God, fully man. The Master came into the world as a servant. The Lord of glory veiled that glory in a body of flesh. The Lord... Of life came into the world for the express purpose of dying. The Holy One who cannot look upon sin came into this jungle of sin called earth. The object of the Father's delight and evangelic worship hungered, thirsted, sweated, hurt was where he slept. He wondered as a homeless stranger in a world his hands had made. His hands had made it, but yet he wondered as one that was homeless. This is a message. It's the message of Christmas. God came to us. He invaded our world. He invaded our world with a message of hope and joy. His message is based on His identity. This is what lies in the face of liberal religion. Jesus is not a way. He is the way. He's not merely a good teacher. He is omniscience, personified. There is another name that is worthy of mention, Luke two, ten and eleven. And the angel said unto him, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Call him Christ the Lord. Christ, and I spoke a little bit about that this morning. Christ is a Greek word also for Messiah. Bethlehem's child was not merely a prophet. He was a much longed-for Messiah. Back in the Garden of Eden, after man had sinned, God promised the serpent in Genesis 3, 15, I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Christ is the anointed one, the Messiah. He came on the, exp- he came on the express mission to crush the serpent's head. He came to destroy the work of the destroyer. And that he was called Christ the Lord means that Jesus is more than Elijah and Elijah figure. He was divine. Do you remember the story when Jesus was twelve years of age and he confounded the teachers of the law? They had no answers for him, nor did they uh, did they many years later when he silenced them with this question in Mark twelve thirty five and thirty seven. How say the scribes that Christ is the son of David? For David himself said by the Holy Ghost, the Lord said to my Lord, sit down on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. David therefore himself called him Lord and whence is he then his son? Question. There's only one way, one way that the one born of David is also the one David worshipped. He made that statement. How can that be? David's son and David's Lord are one and the same. One and the same. The one that David worshipped came to the seed of David. Are you hearing me? Took on the flesh through Mary, which was a descendant of David, that the Holy Ghost overshadowed, and God became a man.
1: Jesus.
0: Jesus is the son of David, but also Christ the Lord. He's worthy of worship, and he's worthy of our adoration. Simon Peter believed that. He cried, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Thomas believed that he cried, My Lord and my God. Can we handle one more name tonight? One more. One more name. One more name. I'm running out of steam. I thought I'd go two hours, but I can't make it anymore. It's found in the original text. We read of the Christmas story. Heaven told Mary, thou shalt call his name Jesus. So what are we going to do? We're going to call him Jesus. Jesus. Jesus is the anglicized Latin form of Joshua. Joshua. The name means Jehovah who saves, Jehovah who makes free, Jehovah who makes safe, Jehovah who gives liberty, Jehovah who delivers, Jehovah who rescues, Jehovah who defends, Jehovah who preserves, and Jehovah who gains a victory. All that is in one name. One name. Jesus. In the name of Jehovah, Moses saved his people from Egypt. At the burning bush, God revealed His name to be Jehovah. I am that I am. These five words are formed with four Hebrew consonants, Yod, He, Vav, and He. And because the name was considered so holy, and since there were no vowels indicated, people did not know how to pronounce the name. God clarified that at what we call Christmas. Are you hearing me? call Him Jesus, Jehovah has become our Savior. If you do anything in this season, whatever the day Jesus' birth was, we're, we're worshiping and believing Him on this particular day. Don't go home on Friday or Friday morning and just rip through a bunch of presents and be unhappy about what you didn't get. Read the Christmas story. Teach those children, those grandchildren. You know, if we're going to do this on December 25th, we're going to, we're going to keep things where they're supposed to be. The greatest thing we can do is to read the story and to pray together before we start our part. Call Him Jesus. Jehovah has become my Savior. John the Baptist said that he would prepare the way of Jehovah. Mark 1.3, Luke 1.70. That's what John the Baptist said. If you read that in the original. He also said that the one following him would take away the world's sin. And who in the world was on the heels of John the Baptist? Jesus. God on a mission to save. Mary called Him Jesus. He will save His people from their sins. And we sing that song, Say the name of Jesus. Say the name of Jesus. Say the name of Jesus. No other name I know. That can calm your fears and dry your tears and wipe away your pain. When you don't know what else to pray, when you can't find the words to say, say the name. When you don't know what else to pray, when you can't find the words to say, when you can't make it through another day. Say the name. If you don't know what to pray, just get down and begin to whisper the name of Jesus. The angel said to Joseph, call his name Jesus. The angel said to Mary, call his name Jesus. Jesus is God's saving name. There is salvation in none other in Acts 4.12. Jesus is the highest name. The name above every name of which everything bows, Philippians two nine. Jesus is God's powerful name. Peter said, be it known unto you all that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth does this man stand here before you whole, Acts 4.10. Jesus is a forgiving name. Peter said that everyone should be baptized calling on the name, Acts 2.38. The ones sang a song, all hail the power of Jesus' name. Oh, the power of that matchless name. Jesus proclaim that what is asked for in His name will be given. John 16:23. And I want to say this tonight as the music comes. I bid you all to call on that name, that name of Jesus. Call on that name. Don't forget the importance. What makes oneness apostolic's right? It's our doctrine. What is the foremost of our doctrine? The name of Jesus. Why do we baptize in Jesus' name? Because there's no other way to baptize. There's no other way. Every place in the Bible where they ever baptized, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. When they baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, they went on into the book of Acts. When the Great Commission was given to, to baptize in that name, they baptized in the name of Jesus because that is the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. There's only one name, and that name is Jesus. As you stand with me this evening, I mention that three other times in the Gospels do we read of heaven overshadowing the Lord. There's also one time that is recorded in the book of Acts. Many people don't know that. Jesus told his disciples in Acts 1.8 that they too would be overshadowed by the Holy Ghost. This happened in the upper room. Just as Mary let the Holy Ghost work in her life, we need to do the same. Because the Holy Ghost will come upon you. It is the same word as overshadow you. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, it is the same word. So just like it happened to Mary... It still happens today. How will this happen? The Bible says to call on the name of the Lord. And you will find out how wonderful He truly is. His joy unspeakable and full of glory. Let's raise our hands tonight as the singers begin to sing. Just gently if you would. Raise your hands towards heaven. God tonight can fill you, overshadow you with the Holy Ghost. If you have not received this wonderful gift of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance, this altar is open to you. Now this altar is open to anybody who has a need, but I am specifically mentioning tonight the person or persons who need The baptism of the Holy Ghost Would you come If you need that wonderful gift Would you come Would you come Would you come If you need this wonderful gift Of the baptism of the Holy Ghost Would you come Would you come I'm not going to be lengthy Because I know that God Is already dealing with some people And you're not rejecting me, rejecting God, when you feel that urgency, when you feel that conviction. When you feel it, I want you to come. And I believe that there are some more in here, there is more in here this evening that is feeling that They know there's more to just accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. There's a whole lot more to it than that. Would you come? If you would let God and allow Him freedom in your life... And let him overshadow you. You will begin to speak with other tongues. Would you come? I'm going to lay this uh, this microphone down. That doesn't mean the altar is closed. You can still come down and God can still and will fill you with the Holy Ghost.